Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. This is a special episode. We're actually recording in studio and not over Zoom. I am immensely happy that this guy called me, got on my calendar and drove up here. He is an Apex executive. He's the owner of Outlaw Off-Road of Texas and he's already making some huge waves in our little uh, Apex group. Please welcome to the show, Justin Shayna. What is going on, man? You doing all right? Man, I'm so glad you're here, dude. No problem, brother. It's my pleasure. Being down in Houston, I I get the message like two days ago (laughs) and it beeps in. I'm like, did he he mean to schedule? Yeah. It's it's great. I love doing the in-studio stuff and... uh, Unfortunately, College Station is just like it's a geographical oddity. It's two, it's two hours from everywhere. Right. It's kind of like where my hometown, Victoria, man. I'm two hours from Austin, Houston, San Antonio, Corpus. Yeah. So I'm used to it, bro. It's, yeah. I like to drive. Especially, I love to drive my new Raptor. Like, I just, oh, <laughs> so how did you feel when the TRXs came out? I, I, so, it's a great truck. Because, man, I, I've got a regular Dodge. It's a 21, 1500. I couldn't imagine supercharging it and trying to hold on to the damn thing. I agree. I mean, I think 700 horsepower is badass. I'm a horsepower freak, but I feel it's unusable, man. No. I mean, come on now. Yeah, I don't want nine miles to the gallon, to be totally honest with you. Um, I, I love the Ford Raptor. I, yeah. I feel the suspension's better. I've always been a Ford man. It, You know, Ram did come after Raptor with that yeah. TRX model, yeah. no doubt. Um, but I can't wait to see what the, the new uh, Raptor R is going to be like. Oh, there's going to be a new, a new, a newer Raptor. Yes, it's going to oh. compete with the TRX. It's called oh. the Raptor R coming out in March of 22. I tell you what, I don't mess with trucks much. I've always been a sports car guy, uh, BMW. Yeah. I, I've had numerous M3s. I've got a uh, 2003 Mustang Cobra with still you know, 30-odd thousand original miles on it. And I've never been into trucks, but a really good mate of mine had he he's since sold it but he had a uh, a raptor little tune on it exhaust mm-hmm. and uh, when hell froze over in february of this year we took that thing out <laughs> i have never had so much fun like we were driving 70 miles an hour down a snow-covered highway he just puts it straight into the medium we go down the medium we come up the other side there's no I mean, there's nobody around yeah. like it was it was incredible and you know at the time i had a jeep on all season tires, mm-hmm. and I was driving around, you know, very, very cautiously. But the amount of confidence I had in this Raptor with these snow tires and mm-hmm. the—it was amazing. Like right. it was just like like another level. So, uh, hats off to Ford on that. Man. So you saw I jumped mine already. I, I did. I was going to ask you if you're taking it off any sweet jumps. Yeah. But so I did, uh, man. Back in uh, late September, after I got it, I put my 37-inch tires on it. I took it down to a rally track course and. Uh, South Austin, oh, damn. Um, and uh, they have they let trucks come in on once a month, and they said I caught about four foot of air in that thing, yeah. and uh, it was on a one mile course, and we got rowdy, man. And she <laughs> she handled it, and I think it was a good that I only got about ten laps in because I was getting so much, so confident in the truck. Yeah, that I think I could have done some damage had I kept going. It, it reminds me of that famous internet video where <laughs> you see the truck flying off yep. the jump and it lands, and all the airbags yep. come on, and the suspension yep. drops out of it, all that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, man. Trucks aside, which is going to be difficult to do, so trucks included, like, who is Justin Shana and why are you here, man? Tell us about you. So, man, I'm, you know, I'm born and bred in trucks, bro. Like, like I uh, started my company, or I, start, I started getting interested in trucks when I was 15 years old. Um, 
bought my first truck uh, for fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and uh, my I've always had four wheel drive magazines. I mean, this is back in what in the eighties or yeah. Nine, early 90s yeah and yeah, uh early 90s yeah and so i always had the peterson's off-road magazines and, oh right you so know, you, was, you weren't one for the the 454 ss yeah exactly. that, that came out in 91 yeah. didn't it yeah it 90 91 94 somewhere yeah. around there yeah um so i worked my ass off for uh you know doing some construction jobs and parents would drop me off at these construction jobs and made my own money and mm-hmm. 1500 bucks bro i brought this truck home we drove it home and what was it it was an 80 chevrolet long bed four-wheel drive and it had a corvette 350 in it um, so it was a pretty hot little truck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it would definitely turn the 35-inch tires over. Yeah. Um, and then I was asking my dad one day, and I was like, dude, how do we find out what gear ratios are in this thing? So we opened up the magazines and started doing the yeah. research, and turns out the gears didn't match. This dude swapped out the rear end because he evidently blew it up, so mm-hmm. the gear ratio was like 308 versus 373. Ooh. I know it's a little technical. No, but three, 373 is way that yeah, thing up. What, and, and so it was a, a difference, though. But had I put it full drive, I would have disintegrated the transfer case and transmission and probably the rear ends. Oh, because nothing matched up. Correct. Oh, How yeah, would a 15 yeah. year old, 16 year old kid, dude, that would have destroyed the truck. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah. so from that point forward, man, yeah, I just started working on my own shit and, <laughs> and uh, fixing it. And, uh, you know, I was rough on those trucks. And, dude, it's, it's all how this business started. Um, I've, I've lived it, eaten it, breathed it. I'm all about vehicles, man. Um, and, and been quite successful at it, too. Um, I want to go back to the early days, though. Uh, you know, hey baby. So who's that barking? Yeah, that is my uh, little uh, toy schnoodle, Waffles. Waffles. Waffles yeah. is with us in the studio today. We'll, we'll try to get some pictures uh, yeah, for those of you guys definitely. watching. Um, but she, you may hear a bark or two. She just wants a little attention. <laughs> and uh, what a lovely uh, studio guest she has been up to this point. <laughs> um, but, and she's super smart yeah. too. Um, but let, let's talk about business and how you got started out with your first truck modification company so um you know I, I, it's just a passion i wanted to follow um i never wanted to work for someone else i always got fired from my jobs ironically we, we always make terrible employees don't exactly we? <laughs> you know i mean in auto parts stores um you know I, I just always got fired from these jobs and man i just had a passion and i started like it was crazy i would write letters to edelbrock Oh, yeah. I, I like try to get signed up with them because I had no I, no yeah. idea how wholesaling dis- distribution worked. Uh-huh. And luckily, thank God, my parents let me uh, start working out of their shop. Man, we had a, an acre and had a you know a, a, a two bay garage that my dad tinkered in, and, and I started doing trucks in the driveway, man, and p- putting ads in the classified newspaper for oh, modifications. No way! I was old school, bro. I mean, there was no internet back no, then. No, there wasn't. Man, I used to sit for hours <laughs> and hours and read Muscle Mustangs and Fast Forwards, and that was two thousand six. Yeah, like, that you just. Everything was magazines. Everything was paper. Um, I remember my first uh, first business. It was a it was a painting business, and I would run ads in the thrifty nickel in the American yeah, classifiers. I, I'm the same way, bro. That's how you got work, dude? And so for three years we did that, um, and I was like, you know what? It is time to grow up and let's get into. And that was out on the outskirts of Victoria, Texas, mm-hmm. a small town of Telfner, Texas. Um, putting that on the map, and uh, but <laughs> uh, look that up. Yeah, um, and so uh, I moved into town to some industrial bays. And uh, rented a bay out, and actually had to share it with a car audio guy and a taxidermist of all things. I can't stand the car audio guys. I don't know why there's so many of them in this group. <laughs> right? There's no, <laughs> no no plug on somebody there. No car audio guys listening <laughs> whatsoever. Um, so you know, I shared that. We divided rent, and we just saved the bays, and man, we made it all work. Dude, uh, how old were you when you were um, doing that? Man, uh, twenty one. How scary was that for a twenty two? I wasn't scared, bro. No. Like I, I knew it was no other option. Like I I went to college. I, I 
took the electrical courses for electrical engineering for my parents. They wanted me to uh, pursue that and have a quote-unquote normal job. Mm-hmm. Dude, I didn't want it. Yeah, I, I refused it. I did not want that plant life. I didn't want that normal life. And I didn't care what it took, man. I'd starve. And yeah. uh, I had that no-give-up mentality, and I still to this day do. I don't care what kind of hurdles overcome me. <laughs> I get down a little bit, but I keep trucking, baby. I swear, dude, every time I fell down as a kid, um, there would always be a factory job right there waiting for me. Yep. And I would go work at the factory two, three, four months, stack as much money as possible, and then go right back to being an entrepreneur again and <laughs> figure it out. And, you know, there, there was a time in my, in my in my late teens when I would have to go back to the factory and <laughs> keep right. going. But, like, I, hear you. I, think, I think it's a rite of passage for all of us in that we know that this isn't for us. Dude, I look around at that factory job and there's people in their 40s and 50s and, you know, I'm there at 19 years old. Well, shit, this is where, you know, I don't want to end up here when I'm fucking 40 or 50. What's 100%. What's 100%. I mean, you know, God bless my dad. I mean, he did it for the family, but I know he was miserable yeah. walking in and out of those gates every day. Um, and that's something I didn't want to endure, man. I mean, I know he did it for the family and there was a means to an end, but I, I wanted to do it for myself. And then, the irony is that, like, you know, you can make a pretty good career out of a factory job eight hours a day, five days a week. Right. And often there's weeks where I work double that amount of hours, but I'd never trade the, the life I have and the freedom I have for getting to work in that factory. So Waffles is getting to meet Kyle now. Kyle's up in here with his camera, and uh, this is kind of fun. We should have a dog in the studio more often, Kyle. <laughs> I think so. So back online, now you've got the shop open, you're splitting rent, dude. Um, tell us about some of the things that maybe kicked you in the ass a little bit unexpectedly on well, this journey. Like I said, I, I, I had a taxidermist, I shared with a taxidermist, and so can you imagine having... What the uh, I mean, we were all good friends. Like I said, car audio, taxidermist, and, and him. And the taxidermist worked on import cars, so we kind of it was kind of weird, but he, he did it because it was a quick way to make money. Oh. And so, but can you imagine me bringing in a brand new truck and him having a dead animal inside that, yeah. uh, uh, inside that shop? I mean, it was, it got to the point where it was almost embarrassing. Me working I, on brand new vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. And so at, at a certain point, man, I said, dude, we got to go. Like we need to separate where he is. And well, I mean, that makes sense. You know, unless you're trying to stick a sub in a deer and that would be kind of fun for <laughs> right. a minute. Is right. whole, I mean, they did it with the Billy Bass thing. You know, right. there might be some rednecks that want to buy deers with integrated Bluetooth sound systems. <laughs> yeah. But man, man, so yeah, it, it's, it's gonna be hard. It, it, it was hard, but you know what? It was stepping stones. Yeah, it was just making sure that this business can work, mm-hmm. making sure that we can get enough clientele behind me and enough reputation of my excellent work. Yeah, you know, and yeah. baby steps, man. Nothing happened overnight. No, um, no. you know, and uh, it just steadily grew from that. Um, I, I'll go into another hiccup that was a pretty, probably one of my worst hiccups. Uh-huh. Um, I was in this bay, and it was in 2007. And a car audio shop, and here we go with car audio again. It's always car audio, guys, man. <laughs> um, he closed his shop down on a main thoroughfare in Victoria, Texas, um, and actually on John Stockbauer Drive. And he hit me up, and he said, hey, why don't you come rent from my shop, and I'll rent it to you, and you can grow your business. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's kind of a no-brainer, right? Yeah. So I, I, I took him on, man. Rent was cheap. You know, we did it. And, uh, man, everything was good for about a year. I had a legal binding contract. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're going to like this one. Um, about a year in, an elderly gentleman came in and asked for that individual, um, the guy I was running from, uh-huh. and said, where's so-and-so? And I said, I don't know. Hi, I'm Justin Shaner. Um, you know, I'm out off-road right here. He goes, I said, what can I do for you? He goes, bro, he said, I'm selling this uh, piece of land. I own this property. And he says, 
that guy does not. You're paying rent to? And he said, you have 30 days to get out. Damn. And I had trucks on automotive lifts stacked up. I had 30 days of work stacked up. Shit. To turn it even worse, bro, that, that other guy took tore down the metal building behind the other building because it was quote-unquote his and he put it there. Mm-hmm. So I was working on trucks in the open air through the night, and I had electricians come out and help me bring up some lights. But, bro, it was a rough 30 days. Yeah, but as a business owner, you got to do what it takes. 100%. I mean, these parts were already here. Customers already he, put their deposits down. Right, so he, he represented to you that he owned the building? Or? Yes. Wow. And, Dude. you know, and I could have took him to court and all that, but, man, it wasn't worth it. Man, yeah. I had to keep trucking. I had yeah. customers' jobs to finish. I had to find another location. Yeah. Dude, um, that, that exact same thing happened to some buddies of mine. Um, illegally subleasing is what it's technically called. Yeah, I don't know if it's the fact that it, it just has to be ignorance. And, you know, ignorance and stupidity are, are not the same thing at all. Um, but a lot of people don't want to engage, and this is me talking from a professional perspective, they don't want to engage a real estate professional to help them negotiate leases um, because they think it's going to cost them money and they think I can do this myself. Whereas, you know, I might see now. I'm a, I'm a bit skewed because I was a leasing specialist in the oil and gas industry, but like I might see you know ten or fifteen real estate leases a year on commercial properties that come across my desk, and it's stuff that I know where these pitfalls are going to be. Um, but you are now the the second young business owner um, who has gone in and signed a lease with somebody and started leasing from somebody that doesn't own the damn building. It's just right. it blows my mind. There is no charge for real estate representation on the buyer side of the deal guys write that down remember it <laughs> like, yeah so <laughs> luckily I was able to get out of that I was able to move back to my old bay oh. uh, on the industrial bay so you know is it, timing. timing was good um, yeah. and it all comes full circle I, I talked to a builder that needed to get out of there so I helped him out mm-hmm. and then lo and behold you know 10 years later I had him build me my brand new shop Dude. so and then you know I had a a, a, a very good friend of mine approach me and says when do you when do you want to get bigger and, and this was, you know, six, this was uh, 2007, so probably about 2015, um, you know, so eight years later, he hit me up and said, hey, when do you want to get bigger and grow this thing? Because I was already taking like three bays over this industrial complex. Um, and he says, man, I got the perfect spot for you. And he was willing to help bankroll me and uh, become my banker. Oh, and, uh, dude, he laid it all out for me and helped me draw the schematics out. And, and lo and behold, we had a groundbreaking um, in uh, 2015, and mm-hmm. the business opened doors of that new location on the thoroughfare, um, uh, October 1st of 2016. So we celebrated our five-year anniversary uh, this past um, couple months ago. And, uh, man, it's been fire since, bro. It doubled the revenue, um, doubled the amount of employees I've got. Um, and it's been great, man. Of course, there's been hiccups, little hiccups here well, and there. Yeah. You think it was mainly the visibility and the new shop? The, the visibility. Can't. And, and I, as you see from some of my pictures, um, yeah. it's a red building. You can't yeah. miss it. And yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. huge trucks sitting out front. Yeah. Um, and my showroom's spotless. Um and uh, so yeah, and, but here's the crazy part, man. And I, and I dwell on this quite a bit. I try to really think about it. When if I walk out my front door, caddy corner from that location is that old building that I that was illegally subleasing, and I can see it from oh, a distance. Yeah. And it's still sitting there because it's owned by daycare now. And uh, so literally, I can still see it, and that building is still sitting there. It's so I'm good. beyond thankful that it all it all happened yeah, for a reason, man. It's a good reminder, dude. Um, so I just I, I I thank God every day for that, and you know we've got a great location and things are just cranking, man. Well, that's got to be a relief, dude. and especially with the amount of uh, amount of money flooding into the economy right now. Hundred percent. And you know we haven't slowed down much, man. COVID 
Our worst part of COVID was uh, we didn't shut down at all. Uh, we're just getting parts now. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. supply chain is tremendously affected, and uh, you know, getting tires. But wait, we're able to adapt and move forward, and, yeah. and pivot and adapt and keep moving. So, let's move off of business for a little bit and move on to Justin himself. Um, you recently completed something called Seventy Five Hard. You're going through yeah. that again for uh, the second time. And you uh, you recently did a uh, Apex Evolution course yeah. off in the uh, off in the woods there for a little bit with some uh, some seriously extremely tough fellas. Why don't you take us through first off um, Apex Evolution, and then I want to dive into Seventy Five Hard and what sure. that's taught you. So, dude, you're in a van in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> what the hell? So so Mark the Fitness Ninja hit me up. Yes. And uh, he said, man, I want you to do this with us. And I said, all right, Dude, bro. I've got, I've got Zalmanoff on caller ID. Like, do not pick up. He's going to make you do burpees. Burpees on like, phone. Yeah. yeah. Like, and he sends that little eyeball emoji. Make sure you're doing your burpees. I'm like, nah. So he hit me up. And yeah. I said, bro, do you think I'm in shape to do this? He goes, I'm reaching out to you for a reason. And I said, sure enough, bro. Let's do this. And so, yeah, I went into it. Again, I could take any challenge on. You know, they we did some daytime exercises. Beat us up pretty good. Had a good dinner. And then uh, we had to get dressed for the evening into some pants and slacks and they load us in a van with blindfolds. Uh, it was very, I've never gotten into a van uh, with blindfolds on and they had literally like, all right, left foot, right foot, pick your oh, foot up, man. turn around, move your butt over here and they stacked us in this van. You saw the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, dude, we were traveling about 20 miles after that and I was thinking, dude, can you imagine if we got pulled over? Like, what would the <laughs> sheriff's department think of this? Like, if they saw these nine guys in white shirt, one female, one female yeah, did with us, Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, killed so it, man. Yeah, she was yeah. the oldest one out of everyone, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and they unloaded us. And, uh, man, we went through the night. Uh, thanks to Zach and all the Green Beret, ex-Green Berets and uh, Navy SEALs, man, they led us through some immense training. So what, um, was, the, what was the best part of that? Because I know you were out over there at... Uh, you're out at Paul's place, right? Paul, yes. Paul Bain's place. Yes. Um, uh, stunning property. Beautiful. Central oh, of Texas, man. I, Central. I was incredibly fortunate to get to film film that. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, you know, it was uh, it, it was wonderful to get called out there. But, like, tell us a little bit about the activities that you got to go through and, and what you got out of the experience. So, you know, um, we got out there about 8 o'clock at night, and we didn't leave till 7 that morning. Oh, wow. Um, so we were up for a solid 30 hours total mm-hmm. with no sleep. Um, man, with a couple takeaways, I mean, we did about two hours of mission and about 30 minutes of, of, of how we can relate what we learned into our businesses and, and into business oh, period yeah. and where that the military messed up because of their practices. Mm-hmm. So implementing management strategies and different stuff like that. Zach went over that stuff, but I'll be honest with you. <laughs> It was 40, 42 degrees out there, and they had a small fire for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the longer yeah. we sat, the colder we got. No, yeah. Um, and yeah. so we, we wanted to go walk, run. I, I think we counted on our pedometers uh, on our watch. I, I think I ran 17 miles and did about 300 push-ups throughout the night. Um, it, it wasn't all. It was over a you know a 10-hour period. Yeah. But still, that's a lot of work, 17 man. miles is far. Yeah. yeah. And we were running with logs. Uh, we were in the middle of the sticks with a headlight, flashlight on looking for our quote-unquote enemies, mm-hmm. working together as teamwork, um, leading each other through the woods, and literally just pushing brush out of the way with going by the starlights and looking for northeast, south, and west. And, That's so cool, dude. Um, so I, the biggest takeaway for me personally was uh, what I had left in my tank. Um, you know, that I can... It, yeah, I was tired, but I knocked out 25 push-ups at 7 a.m. in the morning for the final exercise. Yeah. Like, where the hell did that come from? Because... 90% of it is mental, yeah. and the other 10% is mental, too. That is <laughs> what Zach told us. and uh, I like that. Uh, it's all mental. 
our bodies, he, he told us that our bodies can go way beyond what we well, can ever think they can take it. That, that David Goggins book, um, Can't Hurt Me, he talks about how when you believe you're 100% done, you're actually at about 40% of capacity and there's, there's 60% left. I believe that 100%. You experience that? Yeah, 100%, man. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit overweight. I'm not the skinniest guy in the world. And, man, I, I, I had a lot left in my tank. And I didn't, I didn't think I could do all that. But I, there was no other option. I wasn't going to wuss out. If you had a female sitting next to me doing it, why the hell am I? I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. going to do it. If did she's going to push through, I'm sure as hell going to keep digging. Did they chase you around with a bell so you could ring it? No. Ring out at any time? No. They, but, they weren't trying to convince you to quit? No, not at all. Oh. Um, you know, but we... They just kept pushing us. If we didn't get in line and do all of our push-ups correct, all in the uniform section with our numbers counting out together, dude, we had to redo them. Oh, shit. That's how we ended up with, with you know, like I said, 300 push-ups. 300 push-ups. That's a lot of push-ups. You know, and then some sit-ups with the logs all together, uniform sit-ups with this huge railroad yeah. ties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. some intense, no, I, intense actions, man. I, I saw that. I know that wasn't, uh, that oh, wasn't particularly pleasant for y'all. we had to have a 25-pound rucksack on our back. All times. All times. Wow. So, not only I was carrying around a 25-pound rucksack and dude it was rough man but I we, bet, dude but yeah I, I felt amazing when I yeah I was tired but I was on top of the world bro so what that led me to was like I've left so much in the tank I said it's time for another round of 75 hard okay and then I was like dude so I, I finished up some other stuff I had to finish up uh, SEMA show and some other yeah. little things and I wanted to focus on that and then so I, this past Monday man I started 75 hard again for my second time and uh, dude I'm gonna slay it man you, uh, dude that, that's something I, I am wanting to complete and I uh, I noticed we've got matching tattoos as yes. well as a fuck your excuses. <laughs> FYE, baby. Um, something I've been wanting to do uh, and complete is 75 hard. I managed to injure myself twice doing it because I, I feel like I've got the, the, the body of a 25-year-old, but in reality, I don't. And it's very hard to know when to, when to stop. Um, but 75 hard's on my list of things that I need to complete too. Um, I'm not sure I want to skip out on the Oreos at Thanksgiving, so I might have to actually <laughs> right. wait till December. Hey, but it, fuck your excuses, though, bro. You just said we just said, and you oh, said yeah. Oreos, and yeah, no, it's excuse. Our... Everything we say is an excuse. No, 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 no. no. I'm gonna eat. The, You're gonna eat the Oreos. I'm gonna eat the Oreos intentionally. Oh. I'm gonna write that down. Right. I'm gonna go on my there to-do go. list. What? Like I have. There's a fat Dorito eating, pot smoking, video game playing kid that lives inside of me, <laughs> and my goal is to beat him every day and not become him. Right. And so. For about, I don't eat Oreos at all. I've got a crazy sweet tooth. Um, Me too. I man. deny it. But every single year, the night before Thanksgiving, <laughs> that's it. I go to the I go to Kroger, and I buy a full packet of the double stuffed Oreos, and I eat as many as I want with as much milk as I want, and then I leave them out. And by the following morning, the entire extended Thanksgiving clan family thing has just demolished them. There's none left. Right. Every year, those are my Oreos. That's 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 it. But the rest of the year, never buy them. Never touch them. Really? No. Because I, I, I have been 285 pounds. I've right. been much bigger than I am now. I don't want to go that way, so I've got to have discipline. So my I go at this, the big double-stuffed box. I buy them. You, I eat at least one row, if not one and a half, maybe two. Depends what movie I'm watching. But when I'm done, I'm done. I leave them on the kitchen counter. They're gone by the morning. And that's that's the one time a year I eat Oreos. And I do not want to start 75 hard because I do not want to get rid of my Oreos. Now, maybe if I come with intent and say I'm going to stick to a diet and on this particular day I'm going to eat those Oreos intentionally, maybe that would apply to the rules. But I don't think that applies to the spirit of 75 hard. No. 
and I, I, I will give up Christmas. I don't right. care. Yeah. I don't drink anyway. Yes, sir. Not a problem. But damn it, I don't want to give up my Oreos. Hey, what's up with you and Thomas Keenan in you and Oreo sleeves? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I heard that on the, the, his podcast. I mean, once I, I, I can't, I couldn't possibly conceive how Oreos and Corona could be a, a, <laughs> right? a combination. Uh, but Oreos and milk, right? Like, but. No, let's be realistic. I struggled for many, many years with weight. And every time I lock in and set a target and go to work, I lose the weight. I come out feeling great. Life's good. And then I slowly start slipping again. Start gaining that's me, back, man. Gain back, and gain that's back. why I'm starting 75 hard again. After evolution, I was like, you know, I'm slipping. Yeah. I finished 75 hard in April. Mm-hmm. Maintained, but still slipped a little bit. But yeah. maintained. See, there's more left in me. This, yeah, but... The, the, the one that I can put Oreos up all year. Right. I can be like, no, yes. I don't need wow. them. I don't need to eat them. But, and I, like, yeah, I really started to take weight loss seriously uh, about the same time I stopped drinking. I mean, I was like fucking obese. No, no two ways about it. I was obese. And without, like, a target, if I say, oh, you'll never eat an Oreo again, well, that's kind of shitty. That's, right. You know, and I'll end up cheating and slipping. But if I say, hey, Dude, just save Oreos for Thanksgiving. Um, True. It's been like the last five years. I just don't eat Oreos except for <laughs> Thanksgiving. Interesting. And I like to pull them apart. And I like to eat the biscuit by itself. And then the <laughs> other side is biscuit and cream. And that's yeah. really good. Right. But I like the contrast of just the dry biscuit by itself. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just great, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got a little off track. It's all good. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait till Thanksgiving. Stuff my face full of Oreos. Um, send Thomas Keenan a picture of me saluting and eating Oreos. And then that's it. There'll be no more Oreos for the year. So. <laughs> right. And then you're going to start saving hard the day after, right? I Yeah. I think that's a really good idea. Um, and again, I don't do the whole um, massive amount of sweets and treats at Christmas. Um, right. I, and that's because of, of a guy that, you know, I mean, I wasn't tremendously overweight in high school but I was one of the fatter kids in the class so I got it in high school and then I got in shape after high school and by my mid-twenties I was in the oil and gas business I was making a load of money every meal was per diem like everything eat out as much as you want as much as you can you want to use that money up and dude my weight just ballooned and I've had a a love-hate with food and fitness my entire life. I've been husky my whole life. My grandma used to call it husky. husky. We, go to, we go to the husky department at J.C. Penney's. Go clothes shopping. Well, grandma, why do I got to go to the husky department? That's because you're a bigger boy, son. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been I've been that same battle my whole life. Yeah, you know. Hey, baby. So <laughs> I think that just that just peaked the uh, the mic there <laughs> with the puppy. So yeah, I think seventy five hard needs to be on everybody's to do list, um, and it's very hard. That's why they call it 75 hard. And if you've made it through all 75 days, dude, I, but, I salute everybody. But man, life is hard, bro. It is. So yeah. you can take it many different strides. Well, the thing about 75 hard is there's nothing on there that's particularly difficult. No, it's all no. common tasks. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work out to the full max extreme no. for both workouts. The hardest thing about 75 hard, in my, in my mind, was mentally committing to it and delivering on that commitment every day. 100%. That was the hardest thing. Because life happens. And for me, it wasn't working out um, that would ever get me in jeopardy. The thing that I'd be in jeopardy at most was reading. Really? I, 
because I didn't I didn't always get to it in the mornings. It was my reading time is timetable for mornings, and I didn't always get to it. My morning get away from me. I'd get to the office. There'd be a fire to put out, and reading would be the one thing. That's why now I read on Facebook Live every night, is to ensure that I get ten pages. It's to teach and to give people the lessons from the books that I've enjoyed. Right. But the main underlying thing is make sure you are reading. Make sure every day you're educating yourself because it's it's so easy to slip up and say, you know what, I'm not doing that tonight. I'm just going to let the Dorito-eating, movie-watching, video-game-playing, weed-smoking kid. And he doesn't belong in, in this world. Like, he's gone. He, he lives he's in... Average. He's average. He's Exactly. And, yes... He can come out two or three times a year. That's fine. I got nothing wrong with putting it on the calendar and, hey, today I'm going to do nothing except this, this, and this. Like, this is my time. But he can't come out every day. No. Like, I have to dominate that guy, and I have to be the best version of me I can be every single day. 100%, man. And, uh, so I failed on day 65 of my first oh, round. Dude, what, what caught you? What was it that failed? A picture. The picture. You forgot the picture. Dude. I got cocky. Oh, yeah? On day Man, we got 10 days left. Yeah. I went to bed and I woke up that next morning and uh, I looked back at my phone. This is before the app. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't have a routine down. And uh, so now with the app on, and right when I the get out of bed. It's easy. It, it, it app makes it easy. You know, um, the 75 Hard app, if you don't have it. Um, it's but yeah, free, I think. It, you know. I think I paid like five bucks oh, for it. It's, it's not much. But, yeah. like, for me, having that schedule and laying it out during the day, um, I would put photo like first thing so like you you walk into the bathroom you drink your first glass of water uh, you've been out you've got your first workout in and I'm getting changed getting in the shower picture time Yep. and then the picture's done it's knocked out um, yeah and I was sitting there you know chugging as much water as possible at 11 o'clock at night trying to get my gallon finished and then you're up again an hour and a half later pissing because you didn't plan <laughs> um, I try to get my gallon done by like 2 in the afternoon and then Obviously, I'm still drinking my evening workout, but it's right. like it's done. It's not tough. I think that that 75 hard is like it's the ultimate mental challenge, and it's the ultimate mental reset for me yeah. too, personally. Like you know, like I said, I completed in April. Dude, yeah. I'm ready to reset. Yeah. What is the answer, dude? 75 hard. Yeah. I mean, it really is, and uh, it's a no-brainer. All right. Uh, you know, you got me. You got me. Uh, I'll do accountable, sir. I just don't want to skip my Oreos. <laughs> I've waited all fucking year for those things. Oh, you can do it and, after Thanksgiving. It's, it's only an it's only an hour. It's like yeah. an hour and all the milk I can drink. Thanksgiving's in a couple of weeks, bro. You're good. It's good. Yeah, I do like pumpkin pie too. <laughs> and again, I don't eat pie ever except for Thanksgiving when there's there's some there. Right. Like, does anybody like intentionally make pumpkin pie and eat it at any other point <laughs> of year? Probably not. Probably man. not, dude. Like when I make pumpkins, I throw the middle bit away. Right. Like, you just cut out the faces and stick a candle in there. <laughs> like, who the fuck cooks pumpkin? <laughs> I don't know. Most people just like go to the store they buy pumpkin pie mix. They don't even buy damn pumpkin no. anyway. All right, enough. <laughs> We're getting on a food tangent here, and I'm starting to get hungry, man. I like food. Yeah, food I do good, too, bro. Man. I do food too. But I'm on, so on my safe part, I'm doing the carnivore diet, oh. dude, and that is getting tough. I'm only on day five, bro. But you can only eat what has eyeballs and a face. And so I love meat. Who doesn't love meat? Yeah. But, but bro, day five, I'm struggle busting. Why? Why? I, I need carbs. I'm looking for that uh, carb energy to yeah, have energy yeah. to do yeah. my. That'll you take know, a minute. That'll it take will a take minute. a minute to reset. You, you'll get it, um, right? Um, but man, it's 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 tough. Uh, I've done keto successfully quite a few times, but that includes the vegetables, the cheeses, right. the dairy. You know, can can you have dairy or no? You, you like, can have you can have you can have eggs and a little bit of cheese. 
Um, but man, I think I think it's gonna be the easiest for me because we're so busy, mm-hmm. and like I've got so much planned out. I can get meat from anywhere. I can pull over to the grocery store and get some a package of ham or turkey yeah, 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 and yeah. just keep eating. Yeah, and you can eat as much as you want too. Oh no kidding. So it's an interesting thing, man. And there's a couple people in our Apex group that are, have lost some serious weight. Mike Claudio, Jeff Dersham. I saw yeah. Mike looking super trim yeah. at the last. He, he's leader. on day 42. I texted him the other day. And, of, of carnivore. Yeah, of carnivore and like, save up art. He's looking like visibly trim. Yes. Like, um, you know and. Stuman was too last time I saw him like he had like yeah. just bulked up but trimmed down so they may be onto something up there like um, my my two week attributes are, are reading and fitness I I like I like working out when I'm there but like getting there and getting over that hump I've, I, I don't seem to have a mental trigger that associates working out with joy <laughs> right and um, I was talking to one of the guys I forget who it was it's one of the fitness coaches in Apex and he said make a game out of it he said, find something you like to do. Find something you want to be competitive at. Find something you enjoy playing, like soccer, like ping pong. Right. He's like, and go practice those. Just use those as you work out. I'm like, damn, he's right. Because like, when I'm playing ping pong, that's it. I'm focused. I'm in the You're zone. You're all in. I'll play and I'll play and I'll play and I'll play and I'll not realize I've been playing for three hours. Like, I'm the same with soccer. I'll, I'll play until I can't run no more and then I'll wait a minute and go run some more. Hell yeah. And, you know, whereas dragging myself to the gym to lift weights isn't particularly appealing and I, and I don't lift, yeah. I don't lift weights either I'm doing like a, a form of CrossFit just some functional body movements mm-hmm. man I just want to have be limber and be able to move man yeah you know yeah. I'm not after trying to bulk up trying to like, be Mr. Muscle Bound or nothing mm-hmm. I just want to have functional movement yeah yeah and it, it's 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 strange having this discussion because you always want to be like the, the fittest rippedest guy and all that other shit but like in reality I creak and pop and shit when I stand up, <laughs> right. dude. I just want everything to work and not I, hurt. I don't want a hip replacement surgery in 10 years that we can't go enjoy our lives. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. probably wear my hips out. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. You are quite far along in the short-term rental game now. Yeah. And so you're transitioning from one income stream to multiple income streams. Yes, sir. Let's touch on short-term rentals, what they are, uh, the model you use, and the, the benefits of uh, being an owner in the short-term rental game, and also the pitfalls, because uh, I think you had an interesting pitfall story come up a couple yeah. of weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah? Uh, which pitfall are you talking about? Oh, more th- <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. T- tell me... Uh, so you had a uh, you had a flood on one of your... Oh, yeah, yeah, that, the flood, yes. yes. Yeah. Well, I had some huge parties thrown right when I opened them up. Okay. I had uh, some women... Well, let's back up for a second. Let's yeah, yeah. story. So, so short-term term rentals. rentals. So, what is a short-term rental? What is a short-term rental? So basically, you know, you're renting your house out on platforms such as VRBO and Airbnb mm-hmm. to a couple night stays. Yep. And it can go up to 28-day stays. Um, but yeah, you get side income. Uh, you provide everything for them to for them to enjoy your place. Um, commute, they book it all through Airbnb and VRBO. Uh, the platforms and uh, man, it's just a great side in- side income for an extra house. Um, so, like when I was in Vegas the other week, they had this little welcome kit that included like shit for adults on a getaway. Mm-hmm. I was thinking immediately, I'm like, man, these VRBO guys should link up with Corey and put together a welcome kit for adults. I know yep. we got off topic just there for a minute. <laughs> But that would be super useful. Yeah. Right? But I've looked at doing Airbnbs, and I think that moving forward, with I'm, I'm trying to buy a building right now, right. Uh, a commercial building, so I, I can't be buying any more houses. But I think moving forward, when, when the building deal is done or, or not done or however, the next step of investments, I'm thinking of moving into it. So tell us a little bit about how the model works from 
a, a mortgage or a cash flow perspective and, and why short-term rentals would be more appealing than, say, for example, just finding a tenant and having them on a, uh, on a long-term basis. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so my house um, is down on the river, so I always want to have a, uh, a reason for someone to stay mm-hmm. at, my, at my property. Um, I am in South Texas currently with my, my first short-term rental, my only one currently. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be buying more. Um, but, yeah, so I, I want to provide an experience. i got to find my why first. Yeah, you know, I find my why. I want to provide an experience for a family, for a couple to get away, mm-hmm. and I have river rapids in my backyard, and in, oh no kidding, and it's serenity out there, man. It is pitch black skies. The neighbors are pretty far away, and no one, all you hear is just animals. Yeah, like I mean, it is black skies. So a lot of my customers uh, drive in from Houston, Austin, mm-hmm. and they haven't. They comment that they've never seen such black skies, and actually looking up at the stars. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I I bought the house. I did some remodeling. And, uh, and so I look into how much I have invested in the house and I look for a three to four year return. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just paid off and it's not past totally passive income. Mm-hmm. You do have to work at it a little bit, yeah. but it yeah, is yeah. 90, 80 to 90% passive, you know, in my opinion. Um, I, it has been phenomenal. Um, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs just like anything else. We just had a river flood you're referring to. Yeah. Tell us about that. The, the river came up, uh, in South Texas from all the rains in the hill country and man, it is the first time in my property I've seen in four years. I the river came up. Let's see, it's normally about nine foot. It came up about thirty-five feet. Wow! Um, it did not get my houses, but it destroyed my beautiful bank. Mm. Um, it put about ten foot of sand all around my fire pit, my, my concrete stairs, and I can't get an excavator down there. So I had to hire uh, some day laborers to come down and shovel it out loud. Oh my god! It took them two full days to shovel um, to get all the sand out. Uh, but it's it's crazy. I made that post, and you know, I looked at the negatives of it, and yeah, I was upset. But it brought in this cypress tree mm-hmm. on my riverbank now that is at, it's like fifty foot tall, and probably diameter is probably at least fifteen foot round. But I'm gonna have a chainsaw carver come out and carve something cool in that yeah. thing just to have an Instagrammable moment. Yeah. So I'm, I'm always trying to turn the situation from a negative to a positive. You know. Well, that and like. I can't get any machinery in here. I've got a 50 foot by 15 foot tree laying on the ground. What should I do? <laughs> right, like, and it's on the bank, on the river like, bank. You know, carving it into a giraffe and <laughs> charging people to take pictures next to it sounds like a really, really good solution. I'm not charging anybody, but it's just something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I understand though. Yeah. Uh, but I just want something different. And, yeah. you know, you see all these Instagrammable moments, and I want to give them that. Um, but yeah, we got it all cleaned up, got the fire pit rocking and rolling again. I just had this huge tree. It doesn't really block the view. Because um, it's elevated a little bit, but yeah, I got a huge tree on my bank now until the next river comes up so the, and it washes it away. Yeah, it takes it. In. Somebody, somebody's somebody's going to get a really nice. <laughs> oh, look, we, we, we got a carving. <laughs> the river gods have delivered us a carved that tree. That will be pretty funny when it gets down to the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> what the hell is this? I don't know how long it would take to get there. Yeah. Actually, take. Just ride funny. on it. But yeah, so I the short term rental thing, um, I love the uh, freedom of it. Um, I love being able to host guests and give them a five-star experience. Mm-hmm. I feel that 90% of the Airbnb and VRBOs out there are just complacent. I feel like I'm sleeping on somebody's couch. Yeah. yeah. And I want to elevate that experience. You certainly know as a guest because, you know, we've started as a company. If we've got a shoot that's, you know, a, a flight away or it's out of town, we've stopped looking at hotels so much and we've started renting houses. And right. you can tell a difference between here's some keys, you know, don't make a mess, and an owner that goes, like, above and beyond to make an experience. What are some of the, 
key things that you guys do to make it a, a rental experience for the people that stay? So one of the first things I do is uh, my welcome letter. I send in an email three days before, mm-hmm. and I give them some tips on where to eat and uh, things to do around our town. So they can kind of, oh, if, you're, if you're a planner, yeah. you can plan this stuff out where I recommend yeah. eating. So do you, uh, do you do you go to the restaurants and say that? <laughs> no, not, not yet. Um, I'm going to need a percentage of this. <laughs> right. Not yet, um, but you know, I just want to give them a, give them an easy experience without them having to get on Yelp and Absolutely. search it for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I and I when I go to different towns, I'm gonna find out the best food. Yeah, you know, we know yeah. that's not chain restaurants. No, that's <laughs> you true, know, man. you want to find these mom and pop places. Dude, I like the little holes in the wall. Yes. I don't care about cockroaches, man. Get them out of here. That's fine. <laughs> get this man. food. So the next thing I do is uh, all digital locks. So I never meet my guests. Okay. Um, and I give them the door code. I can program it. Um, I use a Slade Gen code for mm-hmm. anybody that wants to know. Uh, I feel it's one of the best digital locks out there. Um, and uh, so I give them a programmable code. I program the last four of their cell phones, so it's easy to remember. Oh, nice. You know, who doesn't know their cell phone number? Um, and uh, so, yeah, program that up. Um, and, man, I have a welcome basket full of snacks and gifts, uh, some little things. Another thing I do is um, uh, I, I have this small, you know, you will go into a, a five-star hotel. You have, you have those small uh, sh- samples of shampoos and things. Yeah. Well, I buy them on Amazon. They're probably about 80 to a dollar a piece. Yeah. But I buy the high-end stuff. They're uh-huh. really quality stuff. I also buy high-end towels. I spare no expense, man. Mm-hmm. These people are on vacation. They yeah. want to enjoy everything. Um, and then also, um, I fully furnish the place mm-hmm. with pots and pans. I'm not talking about cheap pots and pans. I, I yeah. do all quality stuff. I treat it like I would want to be treated. Right. Um, and all they need to bring is food and clothes, and they can enjoy themselves. Um, and I've got a full, I don't have a negative experience whatsoever on all my ratings. I'm well, a full five stars, yeah. 60, over 65 star ratings, and customers want to come back over yeah, and over. That's how it works. Like, and they'll send other people exactly. out there as well and say, hey, go stay at Justin's cabin. It's legit. Right. And so then, you know, the way I finally give it away is I do a, a, a hidden surprise, quote unquote, for them. Um, that Saturday night, whenever that, most people are Friday through Sunday, just mm-hmm. to own reference. But, you know, that Saturday night, I'll text them. If I don't have a guest come in Sunday, dude, I'll give them a late checkout free. Mm-hmm. Like, most of these people are nickel, nickel and diamond these people for a late checkout, yeah, yeah, early yeah. check-in. Dude, if they ask, I'm going to give it to them, yeah. but I surprise them. Yeah. Dude, who doesn't want a 1 o'clock checkout? Yeah. The next thing I do when they check out, they don't have to do any laundry. They don't have to clean up. Yeah, I ask you to take the trash out. Yeah. But, man, I want you to leave on a positive experience, a positive note. Don't, don't you dread on Sunday mornings when you leave. You're like, oh, dude, we got to do the laundry. We got to mop. We got to XXXX. Dude, it's, you know, it's a worst experience. It's a memory you left on the drive home. I, I mean, yeah, but like, I was raised that whenever you borrow something from <laughs> right. somebody, you always return it in better condition. Right. So I get some weird looks, no doubt. But whenever I'm wrapping up with an Airbnb, I'll do the dishes, I'll run the dishwasher, right. I'll put everything up, I'll sweep up, I'll take out the trash, I'll put all the cushions back, I'll put everything right. like it should be. I take all the bedding off the beds and fold it up in, in the you know, at the bottom, ready to be washed. I mean, like, this is somebody's home that I have borrowed, and it's my duty as somebody that's that's, that's borrowing this, or, or renting, but it's my duty to leave it as I found it. Exactly. And, and, like, so, yeah, even when somebody's like, oh, don't worry about it, we'll send a cleaning crew, I'm like, I'd, I'd just rather, <laughs> I'd, just, I'd just rather wash my own dishes and put everything back. And, and but it's paid full circle because the cleaning crew then appreciates that and they don't have to work as hard. Yeah, all right, fair play. So, I mean, it's a full circle, you know, and I get it. And, I, and I'm the same way. I yeah. clean up all my messes, put all the towels, 
Even if I'm in a hotel room, I still gather my towels up, man. I want to make it easy on that maid. They got a normal job just like me and you. Yeah, I put, and, I put everything in a pile yep. for, for the hotel rooms, the lot, yeah. So, yeah, just a couple of tips and tricks like that, man, really makes me set apart from every other short-term rental. And it's so easy that people just don't think about it in business. But if you could, if you could be like, how would I like to be treated by this company? How would I, you know, how would it reflect on me? And if, if they think about it, and you just, obviously, you know, you, you can't put this on your on your slogans, but if you just walk around and you think, hey, how can I not be an asshole today? Yeah. <laughs> just, and, and, just be cool to everybody. And we do the same thing throughout Off Road. You know, I mean, a lot of this is technical stuff when we're building vehicles for customers, but I want females to understand why this lift kit costs $2,000 versus, versus this Chinese-made product that costs $700. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and we go through it. We treat everyone like a normal human being, and, you know, I've got a great sales team. And, man, we're just killing it because we're fully explaining everything why a vehicle rides and drives better than stock and why we want to recommend that product for them. Oh, good. Okay. You know, um, and they're spending good money. It's, it's everybody's hard-earned money. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that has taken and, – and I put that in every business I'm in part of. I'm going to have to come see you for some yeah. work on my truck, man. We can it's, definitely uh, turn it from a sissy-fied truck to a, well, a TRX wannabe. It, it, it's, 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 a, it's a business um, purchase. It's a work truck. It's not – you know – I feel like a, a, a whining little spoiled brat. It's not what I enjoy to drive. It's there for utility. It's there to do a job. It's there to make right. me money. It's there to make the company money. And yeah, I'd love to lift it and do all kinds of stuff to it. But yeah. but even just a leveling kit and tires yeah. and wheels, just to customize it a little bit. I'm a sports car guy, dude. <laughs> you know. Then let's lower it and put 24s on it. <laughs> Ever the salesman, man. You, you, you got a problem. I got a solution. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. No, I, I think I mean, that's a lot, what I love about vehicles too, man. Is you know you can make it your own, however yeah. you do it. Yeah. Whether it's lowering, lifting. Yeah. Some people hate low riders, but I don't care. Oh, I it, love low. Now, I, would I ever own one? No. No, but you could no, appreciate the work. One. Like we we were at SEMA uh, last so week. Many, and I, and I, just so many. There were so many amazing lifted trucks, but at the same time, when you see a slam dually on airbags, yeah. it's just like. I have so much respect for that. Right. I, no, I wouldn't own it. No, I wouldn't drive it. No, it wouldn't be practical. But by God, it's fucking cool. It, it is badass. Like, it's so cool. And it's so much work went into yeah, it. The like, amount of detail and somebody's love, passion. Like, like cars are just, they're just like art when you get to a level. And personalizing a car, it allows you to have something that's different, that's yours, that's individual, that you can love, that nobody else can have. And of course, you know, I went through, I've got over $100,000 sitting in a, 2003 Mustang Cobra that runs whenever the fuck it wants and just <laughs> right. when it, and, and you're like yeah maybe the car modifying bug bit me a little bit hard and I kind of fell out of love with it but I think that you know once my boys are just a little bit older and they're old enough to turn wrenches I think it's going to be a hobby that we'll we'll love to do and you can pass I, it on to them man and get them spark that ignite them you know, you know I I still do my own brakes and stuff and I sit there and go why in the fuck am I changing brakes <laughs> And it's because there's something about getting a little bit of dirt under your fingernails. I don't need to change brakes. I can pay somebody to do right. my brakes. But the pride in being able to, hey, this is my ride. I'm about to do this. I've got the tools. I've got the knowledge. And the, the pride in being able to do your own stuff. I know it's not the best and highest use of my time for the most return on investment possible. But damn, it feels good as a man right. to do your own maintenance and, and your own stuff on, on your own vehicles. Yes, sir. Um, and I love what you do. So talk to me a little bit because I know... 
there's um, you've got a couple of things going on with the short-term rentals that you're expanding. I know that Outlaw Off-Road of Texas is going gangbusters, um, but you're starting a, a a third venture. You're starting into into the into the uh, consulting realm. Aren't you? Yes, sir. Um, Tell me a little bit about that. So I, as a um, as a shop owner, I just feel that. Uh, I was a technician first mm-hmm. and a business owner second. But that that's how we all kind of start because you've got to learn the trade. Right. And then you, you be the technician. And then you're like, well, I can get my own jobs. And so most, if not all, and I, blue collar's like too broad of a painted term, but you, you understand where I'm right. going. Most of those service-related business owners started out as techs. That's, that's how they learn, you see. But I, I feel there's so much left on my table. Um, I got my business evaluated about three years ago mm-hmm. and... Uh, Man, I actually became, and he started coaching me on just how to make my business more efficient yeah. um, and how to uh, bring the valuation of the business up for bank loans for just many other purposes. And so um, I was shocked when he brought me that number back. I was like, dude, it's only worth what? Yeah. I, I've got a reputation of, dude, I've got over 400 five-star reviews on Google right now. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm phenomenal, man. We're this kicking ass. And they're all five-star paragraphs, bro. Like, people write paragraphs about us. But... Um, I said it's only worth XXX, and I was like, "There's no way we're doing, you know, two million a month, two million a year in sales plus." Mm-hmm. And uh, and he said, "This this is why, this is why, this is why." And so he helped guide me into uh, to making it, to teaching me how to run a, a true business. Yeah, um, with your numbers, with profit and loss, and not skimming the books. Well, uh, but then again, like this is an evolution that we all have to go through as business right. owners because when you first start out. You're taught to not skim the books, but let's let's be honest. You show as little profit as possible right. on the books, and you expense uh, uh, as much as you can in order to minimize your tax risk. So I'm going to pause you right there. Yeah. One of the biggest hiccups that made me realize no bank wanted to loan me any more no, money. That, that hiccups fucking everything. <laughs> the on banks, paper, you're making money, but the bank says, reality, "Dude, you're only making so much." Yeah, and we know I'm making more than that. Yeah. No, so that's one of the biggest mistakes that I've learned. From no, that. that's a, that's something that like. All entrepreneurs go through because then you sit and look. You know, well, I make all this money. Oh well, you only salaried yourself two thousand dollars a month, so your income's twenty four grand. I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait, there's loads over here. Right, but it it doesn't work like that. And that, but that's 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 the elementary stuff that that we fall into, and then we've got to grow and mature and learn our way through. So, <laughs> so my mission right now, um, and it is going to become the future of me, is. I want to empower other shop owners to become the best version of themselves, whether it's more freedom, mm-hmm. more time, and a better business valuation Hell yeah. and better processes through their yeah. companies. I still love trucks. I'll never get out of it. Um, and I, and I want to see these other business owners because I couldn't find anybody that was directly related to me yeah. when I was searching for this kind of thing. And uh, there, there may not be anybody. You may be the first guy in the, in the, in the truck space right. that comes out and says, hey, I can help you. Look at my shop. Look at what I built. I can help you get there. You may be the first guy in this space. I, and, I, and I'm all game for it, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, shout out to Thomas Keenan. He helped me realize that. I think uh, we shouted him out enough. In this yeah, episode. exactly. But go eat your Oreos. Yeah, buddy. yeah. Go eat your Oreos and Coronas. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he he in, in, envisioned me and helped me create a light that you know, 22 years of business. I know a shitload of yeah, knowledge yeah, up in here yeah, in my head. Yeah. Why not? Why not empower someone else with that? And I was like, dude, you're onto something, bro. Like I love helping people. You know, that's my next goal. You know, um, we're, we're corral the dog here for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's lovely. I, yeah, but 
I mean, and but that's where that's where life goes, dude. Because you spend all this time accumulating shit and, and growing and growing and growing. And like, wait a minute, I could really help some people. And I, I want could, you know, because I, I didn't like the 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 sixteen hour work days, man, and, no, and being away from the family and no. and the, and the wife and everything. Uh, you know, I'm I'm divorced now, but you know, I, it, it did take a toll on my marriage, man. You I, know, like my thing, I didn't ever envision becoming the small business surgeon, be, becoming a business consultant. But my thing now is, it took me so much pain and fire to get to where I'm at. If I can help you shortcut that pain and shortcut that learning process, and and you avoid the shit that I had to go through through my yeah. lessons, and now you're doing it, you know, with with such a an exclusive angle on the modified truck business. I mean, you're right. just the right guy for shop owners. I mean, you can turn around and say, look, I've got a fucking, you know. Have a million dollars a year in revenue yeah. over here that I built, and here's my experience. And you can stop working these sixteen-hour days, and here's how to do it. Right, and yeah. and again, allow get more freedom with their families and what have you, yeah. and and just leaving a legacy behind. Yeah, you know, because most of these guys are stressed out. Most of these friends owners that I that I've become friends with over the years, dude, they're just oh, they're tired. Yeah, but that's not just that's not just the shop. That's that's business owners in right. general. I didn't realize there was such a need for training of business owners until I set up my business owners group and just started meeting people for coffee and maybe I've just got a trustworthy face I don't know but these business owners would just dump their hearts onto me and dump all their pain at the coffee table and I, I started seeing these patterns and these recurring fucking problems that you know guys like you and I have been through we've right. been through the divorces we've been through the overweight shit we've been through uh, me I don't know about you but I've been through the alcohol abuse and the, right. the, the bad times and now on the other side of that, I can look and see these patterns um, in business. And we don't want those people to live what we went through, man. No. It's not, I mean, I just, I, I really don't. But when you look at them, you can't blame them because they're taking the exact same steps that we took. They're discovering the exact same things we discovered. I just want to write it all down in a list and be like, <laughs> right, here's what you're going to discover over the next five years. It's a list. Um, we can do it in the next 10 minutes. It'll be well easy. <laughs> and it'll save you a bunch of shit. Right. Right. <laughs> But you know, I, I and that's, uh, that's one of my my next big ventures, man. I think uh, that's I think that's incredible because you do have such a long and storied and successful history in the industry, and you stepping up and um, actually reaching out and giving back to other business owners, and you, you're going to help these guys go from struggling five and six figure businesses into thriving seven and eight figure companies, and and from experience, that is just one of the. Even though you're charging for it, it's still it's one of the greatest gifts that you can give to a business owner. I mean, I just I just had a client um, jump up significantly in revenue, and he's he's coming into that seven figure monthly realm. Nice. And the reward there for being a consultant on his team that has helped him build to that. There's no feeling like it. You know, when six months before we started working together, he was. Do I quit my job? Do I keep going to work? And now, right. now, now look at him. Shooting, knocking down seven-figure revenue months. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And the amount of pride I get from that, I didn't do the work, but I laid out the framework for him. And I said, go, and, you know, you do the work, you get the results. Right. Man. So I think it's you're very gonna rewarding, a, man. You're going to be a beast as a coach, dude. Yeah. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this, man. So we're going to have a bunch of, um, we're going to have a bunch of, uh, modified truck shop owners buying short-term rentals. Yeah, right? that's it. That's the whole goal, <laughs> man. Going to follow the Shana plan. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So what else you got for me? Because we're 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 getting getting close on time. So yeah. another crazy thing I plan on doing um, to kind of tie the two together. Go on. The short-term rentals in the off-road industry. 
Um, man, next I have it on my goal list for 2022. I'm going. I don't know if you know what a Mercedes Sprinter van is. Yeah. So they make four-wheel drive ones. Yeah. And they're diesels. Yeah. They make lift kits for them, by the way. Yeah. And big tires. Yeah. And you can live out of them. They, yeah. they fully deck them out. I went to an Overland Expo um, in uh, Flagstaff uh, back in October or September. Phenomenal, man. So I want to buy one of these machines mm-hmm. and bounce around across the nation to Mama short-term rentals and live in this Sprinter van. Oh, yeah. And have it off-road, and I can go visit these shops yeah. as I coach them. Yeah. And I can have these short-term rentals all across the United States, Dude, man, and just travel so and, and cool. take waffles with me and, mm-hmm. and man, just live. Dude, that's, that's, that's one of my goals. Um, now... Not to buy the van, but we had it on the books next year. We had so much fun traveling as a company this year. Right. I had it on the books for next year to where, um, like kind of like the Razor's Wolves guys, Razor's right. Wolves guys that have just done the thing. I saw that. We we want to rent an RV and just just take a month and just zigzag. Yeah. Now, I can't go live in a van. Right. But we can definitely take a month and go to the West Coast. We can go up. We can come back down the East Coast. and. Just do a do a tour and live out of an RV and see that there's so much out there that we're missing out on in our credit lives, you know. And, uh, and I think, like, you know, do I want to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house or man, I could I could rent this house fifteen hundred bucks a month, Airbnb it when I'm gone, and I could buy yeah. a five hundred thousand dollar bus. Yeah, there <laughs> like, you go. Get you a there bus you go. And, and just 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 go. I mean, there's so many things to see, and with the world being as small as it is now from the internet and the amount of people that that we know like through Apex through Arate through all these fucking groups all around the place I mean you know it would be that the adventure of a lifetime you better believe it so yeah that's that's coming to me in 2022 man 22 Mercedes van I'm going to write this down in my notes and you're going to commit to it yes sir I am (laughs) Mercedes van here we go yeah and uh, it is going to be one badass van. I've already found the builder, and uh, so most of these van builders are out like two years, man. It's pretty crazy. No kidding. Um, but to me, that's a, that's a business problem. You know, probably because they can't get vans. Uh, they're they're stacked up with vans and they're sitting in their parking lots. Like they can't get builders enough and quality oh. enough employees. So I'm able to venture into that and help those guys out. You yeah, know, too. And why not start, some employees? And just certain business practices. You I know. Like that. Uh, but yeah, I just want to bounce across the United States between a bunch of short term rentals and. Um, and uh, live life, man, and have and have some freedoms. It sounds like you've got an absolutely, uh, absolutely killer, killer future lined up, dude. Um, we are running into time. Uh, it is about time we wrap this interview up. But have you got anything else that before we do that you want to share with the listeners today? So, if you want to connect with me, feel free. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Justin Shaner. That is S C H O E N E R. Check out. Uh, my business outlaw offer of texas on all social medias and uh man just stay tuned and uh follow along and reach out man if you got a quick question dude i'll drop in my dms slide up in them ask me a question i'll gladly answer it man dude, I'm, I'm so glad you i'm so glad you made the drive i was, I was shocked when it said like, <laughs> coming like, in we we do get some in-persons but with with the majority of my network now being out of town it's so rare that people come to the office i love and it's, vibe, so, man. it's such a better vibe interviewing in person dude i love it um, and I'm excited to see what where we where we're going to be in our Apex, man. You stepped up to Apex Executives. Executives, Dude, yeah. We're going to rock and roll, man. That group has transformed my life. Oh, it's like you know every every iteration of Apex is a new fire hose to drink from. And the way that I've kind of explained execs to everybody is if you remember the movie Back to the Future Three, mm-hmm. where they're chasing down this train down a ravine trying to get the train going really fast. And he puts these magic logs in there. And he's got the green one, which makes it go a little faster. He's got the yellow one, which makes it go even faster. And he's got that red one that blows the fucking boiler apart. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm at with execs. It was like hitting that red log 
And like, yeah, it's expensive, absolutely. Right. But within hours of joining, the connections you make <sighs> on the next level are. And I do have a confession for the execs. I feel very bad doing this. I'm sorry, um, but I actually play drums professionally and I play in a piano show like professionally and I get paid to do that so when I whipped out Mr. Brightside it was not just made up on the spot I apologize to you guys <laughs> that was a great show by the way our, our, our last uh, exact, our Flying Friday we did you know, a yeah. little party at the piano bar I don't think anybody saw it coming no but like I yeah my first career ever was a professional drummer that's nice. how I got to America I, I was a drummer I went on tour and did all kinds of fun stuff and uh yeah, I play, uh, and now I've, I've been retired from drumming many years, and there's a piano bar across the street from my office, and uh, I filled in one night, and they wouldn't let me quit. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so, one of the positive things, I'm going to leave you all on this, is surround yourself with uh, like-minded individuals and Absolutely. positive people. Apex executives, all I see on my social media feeds is everybody's winning. Well, the thing is, right, the thing is, here's what I've discovered, and we will leave you all in a minute, I promise. One more note, right? I've met rich people from all over the place. Right. The problem with most of the rich people that I'd met was that they were generationally rich. It was a generational wealth. I was dealing with a great-grandson or a grandson or a son of somebody that had gone out and made it. Right. So I never got to connect with people that had started where I started, that had been broke, that had been trying to figure Man, it out. Through the trenches. Right. And Apex? We all have. Everybody <laughs> has. I don't think there's any... If there is any generational wealth in Apex, whoever has it is hiding it well. They, they, they're not arrogant and assholes right. about it and they're very quiet about it but everybody that I've met in Apex has the heart of a teacher yes. and they all have a giving soul they are all ready to say how can I help and that to me for somebody that has fought my way through the trenches having people that have been through the same battles and are standing there at the sidelines cheering you on and saying what can we do for you yeah. that's life changing it is, man. I can't ever see me not being a part of this group. So, it, you know, if it's not Apex, it's anyone you surround yourself with. Oh, I mean, yeah. Because, you know, the top five people you surround yourself with, you're going to be them, whether it's an alcoholic, yeah. whether it's an entrepreneur, and uh, whether it's a gym, you know, a it, fitness it, it, person, you, you know, find your find your tribe, man. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. For real. Keep looking. Yeah. Uh, I found mine. I mean, yeah, I did too, brother. And that's how I found you. Love these guys. Yeah. All right. Guys, you all do me a favor. If you have liked this show and gotten anything out of this conversation with Justin, do me a favor. Run over to his social medias. We will post the links in the show notes. Give him a follow. Give him a like. If you've got any questions on lifted trucks and wanting to modify your shit, make it faster, make it louder, whatever it is. Or short terminals. Either way. Or short terminals. Hit this guy up in the DMs. He's a solid, solid guy. I'm super proud that he's my friend. I'm very happy he made the drive. Justin, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me out, brother. All right, guys. That's it. Leave us a review. You know what to do. And uh, we'll see you end of this week for Friday Fire. You'll be safe. Stay tuned. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.